In a world of confusion and hot topics, we are all looking for answers. Welcome to Tam Talks, a place for real and honest conversation on relevant issues today. And here's your host, Tammy Hotzenpeller. guys and welcome back to Tam Talks, a place for real and honest conversation because I just want to get real with you. We want to just talk about what's going on in the world today. We want to take the word of God and we want to make it relevant to us today. And again, it is honestly my honor and my privilege to have my daughter Jen Ramlett back in the studio with me. And I've asked some of our staff members just to come and we're just dialoguing. We're just having conversation through my new book, Fasting for Miracles. And whether you've stumbled upon us or you've just been a part of this whole series with us and you say, I love these YouTube videos or I love these podcasts because we just want to talk about how do we make the Word of God relevant? How do we make the Word of God applicable to us? So I've put together all these beautiful 21 miracle passages joined with these 21 fasting passages and I'm walking you through the journey of believing God for miracles. And you know, Jen, let's just talk a minute because a lot of people don't believe in miracles today. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, there's some churches, they're called sensationalist, and they believe that miracles have ceased, that miracles ceased with Jesus. Um, Not that we don't see answers to prayer today, but we don't see miracles like we did in the New Testament or Old Testament. And it's just something a lot of church people don't even believe in. Uh, Here at Influence Church, if you walk in our church, you'll see we have a prayer wall, as you know, and above it, it says, prayer wall, expect a miracle. So let me ask you, do you believe in miracles? I do. You know, it's amazing since I've um, come on board as missions pastor, um, the Lord has really stretched my faith in a lot of ways. And one of the ways is miracles. You know, I hadn't really seen them prior to this. I was in sales and I was involved in church and very involved in church, ran many different ministries, but didn't really, wasn't really privy to see miracles. And the first time we went to um, the Salvation Army Emergency Shelter, um, we saw three miracles that night. We saw a man who uh, was in a wheelchair that couldn't walk, that stood up and walked across the room. We mm-hmm. saw a woman who uh, was demon-possessed, that the demon was cast out of her, wow. and she immediately fell on the floor and, be- and began to sing to the Lord. And we saw another man whose arm, um, he hadn't been able to move for, for months, um, be able to have full range of motion. Mm-hmm. And so it was then that the Lord really showed me do you not believe in miracles or are you just not looking for them? That's so good. And I think so many times we were not looking for them or we're making excuses for them and mm-hmm. oh well no they don't happen but that's okay and really we're diminishing god's light it's mm-hmm. almost like putting a top on top of a candle and saying no like i don't want you to burn in this area of my life mm-hmm. i don't want you to the miracles to burn in my life so i'm just gonna diminish it i'm just gonna do everything that the world tells me to do for for my health or my finances or my marriage and things of this nature do you think it's because we're so self-sufficient today and we have so many resources we have so many connections and maybe have a lack of faith so we've just said I'll just deal with the circumstances I have. Mm -hmm. I'll just settle for where I am. Yeah. Do you think that's part of it? I think think that's absolutely part of it. And I think so many of us, our natural is to, oh, I'm going to run to a doctor, I'm going to run to a therapist, or I'm going to run here and there. And while these are all wonderful tools that we have, we don't run to the Father first. And it's kind of like, you know, the woman in the Bible who had bled for 12 years, and it says she had gone to everyone. She had gone to the doctors and the therapist and everybody. And finally, she was so desperate that she says, if I can just touch his cloak, maybe this one will work. Yeah, yeah. And how many times? 
times we do that. We go through everything first and we go, okay, well maybe, maybe Jesus will finally yeah. heal this. Yeah. Maybe Jesus will finally take control. Well, you know, it's so much like our miracle passage for today and our story for today, which is Elijah. And remember there was a drought for three years. And I'm sure the people probably thought that's it. It's the end, It's we're starving. There were people that were starving. There were people that were dying. There was a drought. Elijah had said, God is bringing a drought. Now remember, it was because the people were disobedient. Mm -hmm. And so often we go, why is God so mean? Why is he so hard on people? Remember, he will do anything to draw you back. Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose of this. It's not to be mean or, or hold back the heavens from us, it's to draw us back. So here we are with Elijah and it had not rained and the prophet said, it's going to rain. Now, I want you to go back and read this passage. Mm -hmm. um, it's so important. It's everything from Ahab and Ahab was this wicked king who was married to Jezebel. You remember that awful woman and he worked in even his life. And then again, it was Mount Carmel and there was really just this, this battle of who's gonna be the God. Mm -hmm. Is it gonna be Baal or is it gonna be Yahweh? Do you remember that story? Yep. And he called out you know, fire from heaven there. But here's where I want us to talk about for a minute. Here we have the servant. Mm -hmm. Now there's a drought and they're, they're, they, they just need it to rain. And here's Elijah and he says to the servant, I want you to go and I want you to see. Mm -hmm. For there is a cloud in the heavens coming the size of a man's hand. And the servant said, I don't see a thing. Mm -hmm. What happens when you know God's gonna come through with the miracle, Jen? Yeah. You believe it, because we're believing it in our own life, but you don't see the evidence of it yet. How do you keep believing? You know, it's amazing, like just having persistence. And if you look, every time the Lord came through in the Bible, it was because people were persistent. Good. And how often we stop being persistent, or oh no, it's okay. We'll just we'll just be fine with this. We'll be fine with a mediocre marriage. We'll be fine living paycheck to paycheck. We'll be fine living with children with with disabilities or struggles or health issues. We'll be we'll, we're fine with a a low paying job that we're fine. Instead of saying, no, I'm gonna keep knocking, I'm gonna keep running over that hill looking for that cloud because I believe it. And I think persistence is where so many people fail. They stop being persistent and they miss the miracle. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And well, we weary. Remember when Jesus said, don't weary in well-doing? That verse mm -hmm. just came to me. Because I think we get weary. Mm -hmm. And that's where the enemy comes. If he can just grind us and grind us and grind us mm -hmm. to where we just say we don't have any hope. Yeah. And that's what the servant, he finally just said, I don't see it. And Elijah said, go look again. Mm -hmm. Go look again. Go look again. And this is so beautiful. Remember when he said, I see a cloud coming. It was just the size of a man's hand. It was small. And he said, prepare, go tell tell uh, Ahab to get mm -hmm. his chariot ready because the storm is coming, mm -hmm. the rains are coming, the victory is coming, and indeed it did. Yeah. What do you think? Well, and so many times we don't have people like that in our life or we're not like that in our life mm -hmm. or we have the hope. We, we feel so, and I felt this in my life where you just feel so weary and you just feel so exhausted. You're like, you know what? I give up. I, it's just too much. It's too much. Mm -hmm. and, and the enemy goes, yes, I got it. Finally got her. Mm. And that's when you have to be like, wait, no, I need to be persistent. Mm -hmm. I have to be, I have to prepare for what's going to happen because, you know, there's something in my life like the Lord has already told me that a healing is going to occur, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean just because it's coming that I should not be persistent in it. Yeah. Every single day I, I pray for supernatural healing. Every single day I pray for radical transformation, you know, and, and I think that so many times we, even if the Lord has promised us, yeah, it's going to work out, we're like, okay, that's good. I, I can stop praying about 
love this now. No, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Every single day you be persistent Mm -hmm. in it because you never know when it's going to come. And that's growing your prayer life. That's so good. That's growing your faith. That's growing your, and and you're calling it out. You're saying, I believe you. Mm -hmm. I believe when you promise me a year and a half ago when I was on my face that you were going to heal my daughter, I, I'm holding you to yeah, it, Lord. Yep, yep. And so many times we're just, oh, well, it's fine if it doesn't happen. No, it's not fine. Mm-hmm. If he promised, mm-hmm. you be persistent in that promise mm-hmm. and you call it out. What is the scripture? I love it. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence. Here's the evidence. Here's your faith. Mm-hmm. And the hope means confident assurance. So I have to have confident assurance Mm -hmm. that my faith in the God who said he will come through, my Jehovah Jireh, my healer, my my God is coming through. And again, that is what grows our faith. You know, it's almost like if we give our child something too soon before they're ready for it, they don't grow, Mm -hmm. right? And God is no different. We have to grow in our faith. Well, let's segue a minute because our fasting passage for today is really good. And I want to talk about this because it's fasting for confession. And you know, Jen, confession really isn't something that we practice in evangelical churches, to be honest with you. Um, you know me and I love studying. Um, I'm, a, I'm an evangelical pastor. You know, I've been in Baptist churches and non-denominational churches and it's just the way I was raised. But I have an interest, to be honest with you, in the Catholic Church. Um, many of you know you have followed me for some time. You know, I just did this this walk, the El Camino, um, through Spain, and every night I would go to Mass. And and I'm not Catholic, to be honest with you, but I have an appreciation for a conviction that Catholics have for confession. Now remember, I don't, I have to be honest with you, I don't think that Catholics truly understand that they have a high priest, which is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they go to the confession to a priest and they bring their confession to the priest and they think the priest can take their confession to Jesus. But the Bible tells us that we have one mediator between God and man and that is the man, Christ Jesus. So our confession goes right to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I think we have have watered it down today, to be honest with you, that we don't make intercession, we don't make confession. And that is what our story is today. When we look at the story of Nehemiah, he is bringing a confession before God of the sins of the people, Mm -hmm. and they are confessing. Why don't you think we practice confession today in our churches? I think that we don't don't practice confession anywhere because we are not not wrong. People Mm -hmm. just have this mindset of like, I'm not wrong. Or maybe if I just don't admit it, or maybe if I just swipe it under the rug. And it's like, it goes back again to like the moral compass mm-hmm. of like this, this society that says like, no, you can do, it's okay, you're, you didn't do anything wrong, or don't admit it, or maybe they won't find out. or And it's like, it's amazing how much we miss out on when, when we don't confess. Mm-hmm. And when we can sit down, and again, it comes back to being humble, mm-hmm. humbling yourself in that confession. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to be honest. It's hard to, to be like, man, like I really messed up here, Lord. Like, mm-hmm. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because he already knows we did it, yet we don't do it. It's like, well, maybe if I don't tell him, he won't know. Right. He saw it. Right. So why don't we just do it? And it's a, I think it's a practice that we've, we've lost because of um, whether it's laziness, our society telling us we don't need to. Um, but, but I just think the moment that we can humble ourselves enough to say, we can admit that we're wrong mm-hmm. and let's grow in it and begin to encourage others. Mm-hmm. And even in, in relationships, it starts in relationships. If I do something wrong to be like, hey, I am so sorry. That was totally on me. I apologize. Mm-hmm. That then shows them, wow, people can admit that they're wrong. And that is what confession is. Absolutely, It's, it's being honest, right? And what we've done Well, wrong. the word confession actually means agreeing with God. And I think until we really come to that place and the closer we get 
to our relationship with God and the deeper we go, I'm gonna be honest with you, he just begins to reveal my heart. And most of us don't wanna see our own heart. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says that our heart is a Jacob. It's desperately wicked. And the deeper we go in our heart and we look at the recesses of our heart, but the beautiful thing, Jen, let's talk about this. When we confess, it's like we're letting go. We can breathe and be honest with God. And maybe the problem is we just don't want to look in the mirror mm -hmm. at our sin, at our shortcomings, at our bad behaviors. And it keeps us separated, really, not in salvation, but in relationship with mm -hmm. God. Right? What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's true. And I think that a lot of us, it's easier not to um, look at our faults. It's easier to just focus on what we do good. Um, but it's through those faults that we can learn and it's through those faults that we can grow and it's through those faults that we can heal and a lot of our a lot of the things that we're trying to to hide it's because of either past pains that we've brought on ourselves or people have brought on us and if we're honest with ourselves when we go into our heart and we try to grow we can actually learn it's mm -hmm. not like yes memories might come up but allow god to come and and, and heal you in that process mm -hmm. you know it's interesting there's a scripture i believe it's in james where it says to confess your your faults to one another and some people translate that as sins. You know, I can confess if I have that, when I'm, you and I, I mean, we're mother daughter, let's just be honest. You know, we get under each other's skin at time and I'll go, baby, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean for it to come across that way. Instead of just avoiding it and next time I'm with you, just hoping you forget or, I mean, we can't, as you said, push things under the rug. We have to deal with things in our life. And the quicker you deal with those things in your life, the quicker you confess, meaning you look in the mirror and you're honest with yourself and you're honest with God. So we can confess our faults with one another for a relationship. We confess our sin to God for forgiveness and salvation. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus, and I just want to be sure that I'm very clear with this because when I started this podcast by saying I appreciate the Catholic religion because they go into a confessional booth, they're mm -hmm. at least honest with being truthful, but it's only Jesus who can forgive your sins. Right. It's only Jesus who can forgive your shortcomings. Right. And the more that I realize these things, I'm on the path to growing in my faith and growing in my walk with Jesus. Yep, right? absolutely. And it's amazing. I mean, it all comes back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Every every broken heart, every, every heartache. I mean, it's amazing how you see families come together and marriages restored and healing come in, in your body when you just get in the word of Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just open up the Bible and you're like, man, Lord, like it's, you're, you're so faithful to us, mm -hmm. you know, and your mm -hmm. heart changes when you get in here. Mm -hmm. Well, again, our fasting passage today is this beautiful story of Nehemiah. And I love it because he, he was leading the people in repentance. He was leading the people in confession. And it's not something we talk about. I'm just being really honest. This whole book, Fasting for Miracles, is filled with incredible stories of the Word of God. So we can read these stories, listen to me, and parallel our lives. We are no different than our forefathers. We are no different than the people in the Word of God. They sinned, they walked away from God, they rebelled, they were arrogant, they were self-sufficient. And every time, God drew them back. And He did it often with prayer and fasting. So I'm not sure if you're participating. I truly want to encourage you to join me in this 21-day fast and walk through these miracle stories. God is a God of miracles. He's a miracle-working God. He wants to give you your breakthrough. He wants to give you your answer. He wants you to meet Him in a deep way. And I'll tell you, this fast 
has changed me. I've been fasting now, babe, I think maybe for about eight years on a regular basis. And when I go to an, into a fast, it's usually for 21 days. And my personal fast is sun up to sundown, so I don't eat during the day. And during that time, every time my stomach growls, it tempers me. I usually have to walk into another room. Sometimes I'll go on a prayer walk. I'll let my stomach growl and remind me that I am in control over my flesh. I will not let my flesh win. I'm not going to go for food to, to suppress my appetite. I'm going to move into the Spirit of God, into the Word of God, into a relationship with God. I'm going to temper my carnal flesh so I can move into the things of the supernatural realm with Jesus. That's moving into a supernatural encounter with God. So let me encourage you, practice fasting. Get the book. You'll learn about fasting. 21 passages in the Word of God on fasting. You'll learn about miracles. God wants to do a new work in your life. So Jen, thank you so thank much for you being for here. It's me. always fun. I think we need to do more podcasts. I love our time together. And check out my book, Fasting for Miracles. You can check it out on my um, site, TammyHotsonPillar.com. Or if you want to send me a prayer request, I'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. The name of the book, Fasting for Miracles at gmail.com. Fasting for Miracles at gmail.com. Send me your prayer request. Let me know how I can pray for you. So once again, whether you're watching us on our YouTube channel or on our podcast, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you click that bell on those notifications on our YouTube channel. Let me know what you're thinking. I'd love to pray for you. Thanks again for being with us today. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on TAM Talks. You can find more resources and information at TammyHotzenPeller.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. We pray blessings and abundance over your life today. Until next time, stay safe and God bless.